welcome back to I Swear This Will Make Sense. I'm very, very excited to be doing another podcast today. We got such incredible, incredible feedback on the first episode, and we were so grateful for everyone who listened to the first one. And uh, yeah, we're thrilled to be back with another one. My name is Angie. I am your co-host, and you might know me as the person who shows up to the Zoom breakout room wearing, get this, a cowboy hat. <laughs> Do you like that? I love, I love the, I love to imagine that because I don't, <laughs> I know what happened. you look like in a cowboy hat. I, that's not just a line. I, I have done that um, more times than I'd like to admit. <laughs> no, you're proud of it. Don't I'm, pretend oh you're not proud God, of it. Are you kidding me? No, there's no pretending here. I'm very proud of it. I love my cowboy hat and I bring one hell of a presence to the Zoom breakout room. So yeah, no, no regrets here. Fantastic. It was my turn? Yes. Hello. I'm Sean. I'm the living embodiment of a noise complaint. Uh, <laughs> and I am also really excited to be doing another episode. We got, yeah, a crazy amount. Really um, good reception. Over 80 people listened to the first episode, uh, which is really crazy. Oh, they didn't probably all listen uh, the whole way through, but it's crazy because we started this and I was like, hey, if seven people listen, that's like seven people. Honestly, if, if 10 people. people listened, I would have been unbelievably thrilled. And so many people said such kind things. I was getting texts all day from loved ones just saying we, we, we love the podcast. We loved hearing it. Um, so to those people who reached out to me and said uh, really kind things about the podcast, thank you because it means the world. Uh, I, I only had my enemies reaching out and oh, they had yes. to begrudgingly admit Keep them I had closer. done well. Um, Keep them closer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they always say. Okay, so a quick breakdown of uh, what we're going to be doing today. I have a topic in mind uh, for something I'd like to be discussing on the pod, and Sean does not know what it is. So I will be revealing our topic for today, um, and I will also be revealing it to Sean, and then we'll, uh, we'll jump into some discussion. Um, before we start, what are you what are you doing right now? Are you, you know, cooking some food? Maybe you're walking a dog, maybe you're running. I like to listen to podcasts while I run, so I probably will be doing that. And uh, whatever you're doing, sit back, relax, enjoy us uh, making a fool of ourselves for approximately 36 minutes. Hell yeah. Okay, Sean, you ready? I no, but I am ready to hear it. Okay, I'm glad. I'm glad that's where we're at. Today's topic is anxiety. I would like Ooh. to sit down and talk to you about anxiety. <laughs> I feel like oh, this God. is a topic that you'll either be very excited about or dread it completely. And that's why I chose it. That's why I chose it. All right, let's get this on the road. You feel let's ready to talk about going. it? I'm glad. Okay. I am always uh, able to talk about it. I have a lot to say. That's the thing. I feel like we're both, uh, I mean, not to, not to speak for you, but I feel like we're both pretty nervous people and generally pretty anxious people. So, uh, yeah, this is something that is no stranger to us. Oh boy. All right. Let's get going. Um, I, I would like you, to, um, to just open this up by asking you what your relationship with anxiety is like. And I'll, I'll let you think about that because I, I want to talk a little bit about my relationship with anxiety and just um, what it looks like for me. I'm generally, uh, for those of you who don't know me, or for those of you who think that I'm cool, stop it. Stop it at once. Stop it right away. Thank you. I am, I am an unbelievably nervous person, um, which is a great quality for a film director, uh, I must say. I, I'm generally pretty nervous from day to day, and I, uh, I worry about 
just about every little thing. And when I don't, it's because I'm in such a state of calm. Um, and those moments I'm, I'm always incredibly grateful for. But uh, yeah, I'd like to know, Sean, what your um, relationship with anxiety, nervousness, stress uh, is like. Huh. Um, I don't think being anxious means you aren't cool. I just want to say that. Um, <laughs> that is absolutely true. Uh, Thank you for mentioning uh, You that. are a very cool person. Um, I uh, mean that more in the sense of for people who think I'm like carefree, oh, which is like, maybe yeah, like three yeah, yeah. people. I know. Like, like a cucumber, as one might <laughs> yeah, say. Yeah, people who think I'm like chill and laid back. I am chill and laid back, but also <laughs> take that with a grain of salt. I am the most nervous person. The only reason I am chill and laid back is because I have to be. <laughs> mm. Uh, yeah. Um, so anxiety and me have had a long history. Mm -hmm. Um, I've, I've always felt very anxious as a person. Uh, mm. I was yeah very socially anxious as a child. Um, as yeah, far as I, I remember. Yeah, that's something that you touched on in the first episode as well. Yeah, no, I, um, and, and part of that was, uh, not innate. It was a result of experiences, uh, you know, I would I would be very earnest with things and occasionally have them thrown back at me a little bit um, as a as a kid. And I mean, in, still to this day, but uh, it happens quite a, quite actually often, I think, to children that um, their optimism and their excitement to things is met with some resistance. Um, and I and I, I think that was sort of the source of a lot of these things is uh, I also found it and actually, again, I'm going to say this a lot, still find it very difficult to um, control myself when it comes to speaking. Uh, mm -hmm. I find it very hard not to steamroll other people. I'm very conscious of that on this podcast. Mm -hmm. um, I really try not to, uh, you know, uh, push over you as I'm speaking, but I, I definitely have a problem with that. Uh, I've always, and so because of that, um, I started being this thing of the anxiety of knowing I was going to say something wrong or out of turn or at the wrong time um even if it wasn't necessarily true someone was probably going to receive it that way and that's what i was worried about was being how i was received um like talking to wait yeah. staff at restaurants was very very difficult for me for a mm -hmm. long time um, and you mean received in terms of like a conversational sense like in, in terms of how you communicate with people yeah yeah mm -hmm. or also in the classroom how it would be received by my other classmates oh, yeah. how it would be received by, by the teacher that kind of thing um yeah i feel like we're kind of similar people in that sense I, I worry a lot about how i'm i mean everyone okay everyone cares what other people think of them that's just a, a i think a truth of <laughs> of life especially when we're all you know 19 20 years old I care a lot about what people think of me and I'm not ashamed of that at all. And I, I worry a lot about how I'm perceived by other people. Um, I want to come across as, you know, professional and, and fun and there's nothing wrong with that. That's, that's something that I worry about quite a bit. So I, I hear where you're coming from. Yeah. Um, huh. Uh, yeah, no, I, I definitely, um, was very worried about how people saw me and I still am, but in very different ways, I think. Uh, I, I actually, um, one of the biggest things, uh, that was a change for me with anxiety, um, and I have to, uh, admit to something when I say this is that I did, I did improv classes. I did improv summer oh, camps. Nice. Um, and honestly, if you have an anxious child, I don't Put know if improv? I would recommend it, but, um, cause it could just be a source of panic you know to mm -hmm. be up on stage like that. But, uh, it might actually make things worse. It's true. Yeah. But it, it also, people. for me 
in the moment. It made things uh, better in certain ways for sure. Um, I would I would say that I would say that um, it, having to think on your feet uh, and and also then immediately have it received. Yeah. Um, one of the most important things you do is you bomb. <laughs> like honestly, because <laughs> um, in, in improv it's just so easy. I wish so I saw you in improv classes. For thing, no, you really don't. Um, uh, I also my anxiety, especially then, uh, which sometimes manifests as irritation. Oh, um, with everyone around yeah, me. I can, so, I can especially really if someone tried that. to get me to participate in something or be more present, vocal, whatever, um, if I didn't want to, uh, that was, you know, sort of. I liked to participate in things, but I didn't like being looked at. Uh, even still, I've never wanted to be the center of attention. If I am the center of attention, it's because I've done something wrong that I wanted to do <laughs> and I didn't realize I'd become the center of attention. Um, like, I'll get in arguments with people, uh, quite a fair amount, and um, that's just because I'm really passionate about the topic, and then sometimes yeah. what will happen is people will start focusing on the argument I'm having, who aren't in the argument, oh and I hate boy. that very, oh very boy. much. It happens to me, uh, yeah, a fair amount, um, and I always, yeah, no, I push myself into the center of attention, but not because I'd like to be. Uh, that's often an, a side effect I was trying to avoid, or I just didn't think about, that yes, if you start talking loudly in the middle of this class... Or you start saying things out loud, people are going to look at you. Um, I, I, and I think also uh, the, the other difficulty there was I really used humor as a way of bonding with other people uh, yeah. and establishing a sort of character for myself. And humor requires you to be in a position in which people can absolutely destroy you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and so, kind yeah, of vulnerable. I, yeah, that's what I would. That's what I. So um, that would be just my childhood experience with anxiety. Uh, and now it's um, it's much more existential. I feel okay. Um, yeah, uh, I I feel a great more on a bigger scale. Would you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and um, e even further down the road, just that's what I'm really focused on. I was anxious about uh, university as a child. I remember that. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Um, but uh, I now that I'm in it, <laughs> there are <laughs> more things to be anxious of for sure. <laughs> Oh, um, that's the best part. You know what, what I wanted to you? ask you? Oh, um, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, I'll ask you this in a second, but I, I'd, I'd like to um, touch on something. Something that I, I find a lot in the conversation with anxiety is a, a representation of the physical feelings. I think anxiety is one of those things that manifests itself uh, physically really strongly. Um, you know, sweaty palms, quick heart rate, deeper breaths, uh, mm -hmm. shaky hands, whatever. There's, there's a million different kind of uh, physical indicators of anxiety and, and worry. Um, but it's not necessarily the same for everyone. Everyone has that kind of indicator that they're nervous or stressed and, and it might be silence. It might be vocal. It's just, it can look like so many different things. And that's kind of, uh, not gonna lie. That's kind of fascinating to me. So I, um, I wanted to ask you what the physical feeling of being anxious is like for you, if, if you can recognize it. Um, for me, I know I, I saw this on the internet and I just thought, that's, that's it, that's the one. And it's, you know that feeling when you, um, you, uh, you're leaving the house and you feel like, oh, did I forget something? Do I have my keys? Do I have my wallet? Do I have my mask? Do you know that feeling when you've like, forgotten something, you worry that you've forgotten something? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's that feeling for hours or days or hmm. months 
Um, at least that's kind of how I experience it. That's that's a uh, really hit the nail on the head for me. Is that that description? Yeah. What about you? Uh, I would actually really identify that with that as well. Yeah. Um, I definitely. But the problem with me is I'm often forgetting something. I am actually mm. an extremely, extremely forgetful person. Um, I I, I noticed that about things. you. Well, I I've had to deal with it for a long time. It's one right. of the few things I've gotten in check as things uh, as my life has progressed. Uh, I in now the time that I've known you, you haven't been terribly forgetful. You, I don't think you've ever like forgotten your phone or anything like that. Oh, I guess not. But I lose things quite a bit. Um, oh yeah. Uh, and I often forget appointments, assignments, that kind of thing. I now have to keep a pretty updated calendar. Uh, and if something isn't in the calendar, I will forget it. Uh, almost, uh, It's almost a little worse now because I depend on that uh, calendar. But um, uh, yeah, no, I, I definitely have that feeling like, oh, something's off. Something's off. What did I forget? Um, it's that It's that familiar feeling of, this is going to sound kind of dark, but it's that familiar feeling of dread. You just feel like, oh, something's not right. And you have no idea what that thing is. And half the time, for me at least, it's nothing. Which means there's there's not a whole lot that you can do root cause-wise to actually fix it. <laughs> which right. is mm, just one of those fun things. Um, I know for me, one of the things that uh, worries me, kind of just in a regular pattern, is time. Mmm, great-grandfather time. <laughs> you sly dog. <laughs> it worries me a lot. Um, I'm, I'm very conscious of, of how much time I have just for a small task or just how much time I have in my life. So one of the things I'm constantly thinking about is like, ooh, am I in the right place? Am I doing everything I can right now? Am I making the best of every day? Um, which is really exhausting because you can't do that every single day. Uh, but I try to. I try to make the best of every single day um, in, in such an extreme way that it's, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of tiring to be do, do you mind if I make a, a bit of a hard turn here? But it's make still a hard on... turn. Go so for it. I found, this is going to sound a little much, but this is one of Do the it. reasons uh, I no longer am agnostic. And hold on. Oh, <laughs> I love is, where this is going. I think I may have talked to you about this before, but I used, okay. so again, I grew up Catholic um, and always had a really weird relationship with God because uh, I joked about the Pope knowing you. But for me, yeah, and I've talked to did. other people who grow up with religion, I, sort of like once God is there, it's really almost impossible to sort of dismiss the idea of him being there in your head you start talking to him all the time mm -hmm. and you start wondering if you're doing something wrong and that god is responding and i used to be i guess agnostic i would say you know like oh i don't really kind of taxing yeah yeah i wasn't i, w I didn't really believe in in god but i didn't want to dismiss it and because i also felt like you know how would i possibly know um f but i realized that the more i kind of and, I, and again, this is just my own experience with it. But that sort of sense of, my, am I in the right place at the right time? Uh, for me, God was just another way of describing fate. And I think a lot of people use God interchangeably with fate. I agree. Um, and, you know, sort of like God has a plan, this kind of thing. Uh, and I realized, I'm going to keep saying that word, um, that uh, I was being anxious because I believed so heavily in fate and in chances and in that kind of thing, uh, that there's a, a predestined plan for you, um, or many of them that you can get. Uh, and I, I go back and forth in how much I, you know, rationally don't believe in faith and emotionally do. But there was a good period of time where I, I really just 
try to abandon fate, destiny, any of these things as much as possible. Because mm. I, I realized that's what was making me miserable in a certain way. There are a lot of causes for that. But with anxiety, for me, I still worry a lot about... Mm. If I am, am I in the right place right now? Am I wasting my life? Am I supposed to be doing something yes. right now? Am I, I about to I miss exactly a huge opportunity? Like, because I'm not doing this mm-hmm. right now. I'm not should reaching I be doing out. This? Not... Should I be doing something else? Am I doing everything that I can? Is am I fulfilling my goal for this month or a year or a lifetime? Exactly, and I yeah. think honestly, the best I've ever felt was completely abandoning the idea that there is a predestined anything for you that it, it can be very freeing yeah i yeah and and the thing is is if you have that you have to either reshape completely or abandon god and and in this case we're talking about god <laughs> as like the lord right so the lord who knows everything so if Biblical there is god. an omniscient you know a being who knows yeah. everything then the future is 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 predestined you know, um, that's just sort of unavoidable. It's always been a problem in religious studies, actually. I don't know actually. about you, and I, I know that there's. it's true that some people find incredible comfort in the fact that, like, oh, um, something out there has a plan for you. Your life is predetermined, and everything's going to be okay. Some people find tremendous comfort in that. I don't. Who yeah. I don't. That no. makes me feel so much worse, knowing, like, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm an atheist or whatever. I don't know. I haven't figured it out yet, <laughs> but... For me, just thinking like, yeah, my life is in my hands and I'm in control of what my future looks like. Oh, my God. Whew, that takes a weight off my chest. Just knowing that I'm in charge of it just makes me feel so much more relaxed and thinking, oh, there's a path before me and I have to follow it or else I'm going to get smited. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No uh, but I think get smited, Sean. It ends up going... Uh, I don't know. There are some days recently. Uh, I'm just, I'm just thinking. God, <laughs> hmm, if you have a lightning bolt, smited, you got a spare one. Smitted? You don't know where to go with it. Smited? I'm right here. <laughs> Anybody have a lightning just, bolt lying around? Anyone got a lightning bolt? I know you've got a few. <laughs> um, you, you, there's no way you use all of them every thunderstorm. That would be wasteful. So, I um. I think the thing is, is once your life is in your own hands, as much as it ever is, right? Because there yeah. are, you know, parts of your brain that I aren't really with that. up to you, you know, sure. um, and that's difficult. But I, I think one of the reasons, and again, this is the, the sort of pivot, which is, I guess, central to the podcast, that I can't just stay on one thing here. I mean, um, I think there, it, there is an is interconnection related. between the existence of, of God or an omniscient being um, and, and the presence of religion in our lives and then anxiety and, like, not just anxiety day-to-day things. Um, my anxiety that I experience is mostly on a small scale. I'm, I'm fairly fortunate in that sense. I don't get existential dread. Um, at least not yet. Hey, that might be a fun thing that's coming up in my 20s. We'll see. <laughs> Happy birthday I'm, to I'm, me in a little over a month. <laughs> I'm pretty sure everyone has existential dread in their 20s. Oh my gosh, it, it no, would be exactly a little, two months. My birthday's in exactly two weird. months. Okay. Cool. Really? Yes. It's the 23rd today. Oh, Happy well, birthday I'll make sure not to forget your two birthday. Months. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I was going to say, because I was going to do yes, another continue. pivot. I was going to do another continue. pivot. That the whole sort of it gets better thing um, Ooh, yeah, is one here. of the things that has alienated me from almost every single mental health campaign. Okay. Um, even Logic, coming out with a song in which the title of the song was the National Suicide Hotline, didn't cure me of my ailments, surprisingly. <laughs> Um, it always should. 
What? You thought I thought it would. I thought logic would be there for me. But uh, oh, <laughs> moving on, a lot of mental health campaigns, uh, especially aimed at younger people, sort of have this uh, running theme of you know once life goes on, things will get better, things improve. You know, hold on, mm-hmm. things will get better, and that always uh, just made me feel worse um, because uh, I mean it doesn't. Like, just for a lot of people, the issues they experience consume their lives mm-hmm. and sometimes end them. And I know that's very morbid, and I, I apologize for being this morbid. But ah, it's our show. once you, you realize that, right? Like, how many people does it get better for? Is, is, is the world designed so that it, this nebulous, abstract it, gets better? No. It, you know, a lot of it has to do with the the resources you have access to. A lot of it has to do with the people in your life. Um, so for some people, it doesn't get better. And once you sort of realize that, as I did, I don't know, at some point, um, I then that just went, oh, so you're beginning this with a lie. <laughs> so well, I don't know if it's fair to say, okay, my thing, my, my qualm, my qualm with it gets better is just the term it this just like you said this overly general it because it gets better isn't necessarily true what is true is it can get better and there's potential and there's a future waiting i think that's what kind of relaxes me as opposed to that big overarching mormon fuzzy it gets better Mm. i think there's a better way to put it into terms that means a lot more to people does that make any sense yeah hey we said it I would, <laughs> I would agree with that. Um, I wanted to, um, I wanted to share an anxiety anecdote uh, while I was thinking about this topic for the pod. I was thinking, like, God, do I have any like funny anxiety stories? Um, which is a weird thing to kind of rack your brain for. The funny thing is, is I actually have quite a few, um, and I have a favorite that involves the high school that we both attended. Do you want to hear it? Yes. Okay. Of <laughs> It's not, the, it's, it's, I, I like it. It's a fun memory. Um, but basically we, uh, we were in English class and the thing that we were doing on that day was a poetry reading. We were assigned to write several items of poetry, um, and present them to the class. And oh here's boy. the thing about me is I don't, I don't mind speaking in public. I don't mind speaking in front of a class. I really, truly don't. Um, my body does so I can be completely calm of mind but like my hands will shake and I'll be like sweating I don't there's some Mm. miscommunication there anyways um, I'm doing a poetry reading I wrote something that I'm very proud of I I still am I think it's beautiful I go up to read it I'm holding the paper in front of me and I'm reading this poem in front of my class of 20 people all lovely people and my teacher and Right at like the halfway point, halfway through this quite long poem, my hands just start shaking. Like not like quivering in kind of a cute way, like Mm -hmm. shaking, like embarrassing. (laughs) And I have this paper in my hand and it's just like, it's doing this incredibly loud noise. And I'm trying to just like, (laughs) I'm trying to scream the poem over it because everyone can hear me like, shaking this paper i look like i'm earthquaking it's stupid (laughs) and i just remember like looking at all my classmates being like what the fuck is going on (laughs) 
long story short, I was I was very embarrassed. I was very, very, very embarrassed because I just shook like a like I was on a motor in front of my entire class while reading a poem that I liked. Right. I put the paper down and I went, bye. And I ran to the bathroom because uh, I was really embarrassed. And I went to the stall, locked a stall. Um, just started crying my eyes out because it's high school. And I did that a lot. Um, started crying in the bathroom stall of a high school, which is not fun. Um, and then I hear this little voice in the bathroom and it's one of my classmates who goes, Hey Angie, are you, are you in here? I think I see your shoes. And I'm like, God, I would have really recognizable Doc Martens. Okay. Yes, it's me. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) How's it going? And they just go, I really liked your poem. And I felt instantly better. I was like, oh, you did? No way. And I just came out and I gave them a hug. And we had a nice little little chat. And I said, yours were wonderful. And um, kind of everything was better from there. I just felt better as soon as someone said something. So moral of the story, um, if you embarrass the shit out of yourself in front of your classmates, run to the bathroom and wait for someone to come in and rescue you. Ooh, moral of the I've, story, that's it. I've followed that advice before. You have, um, haven't you? But n- <laughs> but very few people come to the bathroom. Um, <laughs> well, actually, in the bathroom for hours, just waiting. Like, let's um, let's circle back. Let's, uh, can, we put, can we put a pin in it? Let's can circle we circle back? back? Um, actually, the thing we talked about the first episode about needing yeah. other people, and so oh, I actually yeah. want to talk about um, uh, this this. So there's this argument called consensus gentium. Oh, um, that's amazing. It's a philosophical man. argument. Let me explain it. Uh, it really it. just means the consensus of the people. And what um, it's generally referring to, if someone says the consensus gentium argument, is they're referring to the one for the existence of God. And that, I will get to the point. Um, <laughs> hey! This um, is the best. But, <laughs> but um, it, it's a very weak argument for God. So basically the argument was that everyone believes in God, therefore God exists. Or ah. most people believe in God, therefore God exists. Now, um, the more we know about the world, the worse of an argument this becomes. In, you know... Medieval England, that's a pretty good one. You wake up every day and everyone around you believes in God very, very strongly. They sure do. That You end up using that argument. So no one needs to justify the existence of God to you because he's always around. He's just an undeniable fact. But as the world becomes larger... Um, and there are so many other religions. And, of course, people were experiencing those religions, you know, in ancient times there was religious clashes. Uh, Let me get to the point. Go for it. I just explaining to what the, what the argument is, and the thing is, um, it seems like a weak argument. However, uh, the actual argument of a lot of people believe one thing, therefore that thing is true, is not great. But the argument that a lot of people believe one thing, therefore that is evidence for that thing being true, it doesn't prove it. You know, it's not. Um, but it gives proof. it a it's strong. Not- uh yeah. evidentiary backing yeah totally and i want so the reason i bring this up and let me explain how this relates in my okay. mind um is that one of the reasons i believe we need other people is how often our perception of the world is incredibly flawed mm. okay. so for example uh if you are really sleep deprived the world will Which seem a little frequently. <laughs> exactly i often am i am often very very sleep deprived oh, and i depend on other people in those moments mm-hmm. uh, to confirm things about the world. Because um, you're kind of woozy. I'm a, I'm a little out of it. Of <laughs> a little delusional, you know? So, um, <laughs> it, for example, when you're sleep deprived, you often feel temperatures, I find, a little more strongly. Like if it's cold out, you really start shivering. Really? That's what I find. Oh, I haven't noticed that. 
Um, and so Maybe I haven't if been I, that sleep deprived yet. If I go outside, right, and it's a nice day and I feel cold, I need other people. I need other people hmm. to know. I see what you're saying. What the world is like. And I and so with anxiety, I'm, I'm looping it back. I'm doing it. I'm going to make it relate. You're doing Don't great. Worry. Bring it home. Um, that's why I feel that it's okay to let other people take care of you because oftentimes you are seeing the world in a warped way. Hmm. And see your point. When you're anxious, you need those people who are very grounding for you. Um, and so sometimes I think it feels just completely hopeless to talk to someone who's anxious. I know some mm. people feel that way talking to me. They won't say it out loud, but I'll be very anxious. And no matter what they say, I am losing it, you know, but it wouldn't be better without them. You need someone <laughs> there to, to tell you that everything is all right, even if it isn't in that moment. You know, I agree with you there. I agree with you there. And I want to clarify, because I, I know we, we talked about this in episode one. Um, I have absolutely no problem letting other people take take care of me. Or or, or with the Is principle. Well, hmm, me personally, there, it's, it's iffy. But in general, I think having care from other people is something that I highly, highly, highly encourage. And I, and I believe that there's value in it. I only don't believe in its utmost value over your care for yourself. I think you take care of yourself first and other people will be the kind of supplementary thing. But I know we kind of disagree on that. Mm. I mean, you know, it's yeah. interesting. It's interesting what you're saying about um, other people, especially people who have a different point of view as you to kind of confirm and like fill in the, the blanks of what you're feeling. I agree with that. I think there's also something in the opposite direction in that um, you can find comfort in someone who's experiencing the world exactly like you. Um, and there's a balance to each. Like, I feel comfortable talking to you about um, a lot of things. Holy moly. Um, a lot of things, especially anxiety, because I know that um, we experience some aspects of anxiety really similarly. So I feel comfortable in knowing, like, oh, hey, someone else is is experiencing this kind of weird warped perspective, these weird physical sensations the same way that I am. And not exactly the same. Of course, everybody's different. But there's there's a lot of comfort in that. So I think there's comfort in both directions. And uh, I think that's really nice. Uh, actually, yeah, I would I would say um, you're you're I would agree with that. Uh, almost 100%. if you get a small dose of both, it's it's really a good balance. <laughs> Yeah, I also think, um, you know, I'm saying like you need other people, but again, I'm often inconsolable. And the problem is, is the better I got at uh, thinking logically about things, the better I became at rationalizing any irrational feeling I was having. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like the my sort of gut response to it gets better would always really annoy me because rather than actually taking the message for what it was of there is a reason to stay alive, you know, there's a reason to keep going. Things can get better for you. My initial reaction is, well, that isn't true. That isn't just a true hmm. statement. And so I could rationalize going, oh, well, if they're lying to me, it's because it doesn't get better, you know, because I, I, I could oh. I could do that or or. But that's the thing. That's why I, I feel like uh, it is difficult to talk about mental health, because if you begin it in the wrong place, People, people will think are, that you're, you're... Yeah, you can alienate yard. the people you're trying to reach out to. 
Yeah, and, and I, I think, think a way to not do that is just to, like we were talking about in episode one, just approach things with your personal experience and, and you know, you don't have to patronize the other person. Just just be open. Hmm. And I, I think honesty is, is just oh yeah really important with yeah. this kind of thing. Um, and, so and not trying I, to sugarcoat things. Especially with anxiety. Um, what I was also sometimes sort of asked to do was like, oh, well, you know, um, you got to sort of suck it up and be fine. And I don't know. I think there are some times that you need to calm yourself and, and deal with it in time when it's more healthy to deal with it. Yeah. That isn't always an option. I want to be very, very clear about that. But uh, I was about to say, I, I got it. Yes. Um, saying, I feel awful right now. Like, I feel like the, my heart is going to just rip itself off from its arteries. That's often how that's how my anxiety really manifests itself. It's right in the heart for me. Um, if you say, I feel terrible, everything is awful right now for me, mm -hmm. then there's somewhere to go. Because that's an acknowledgement of truth. And and if hmm. you yeah, sort of maintain saying. a facade, um, though Don't I do lie think to a yourself. lot of times be, be comfortable in your anxiety, be comfortable in your bad feelings and acknowledge that they're there because they're not going to go away if you don't. I don't know, be comfortable, but I'd say be honest about it. Well, that. be comfortable in the discomfort. Yeah. 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 Be comfortable saying it. Um, yeah. Uh, vocalizing it. But I, I think, um, now obviously this is a complicated topic, but uh, I, I think for me, the most help I've ever gotten, even just for myself, because you're right about you have to take care of yourself. It's sort of like on an airplane. I, I didn't make this up. Someone else said this. I don't know who. That you know, you put on your someone mask else. first before helping someone else. <laughs> There's sometimes it's just that's just line. what you have to do. Yeah. Um, is is focus on yourself. But I also think uh, pushing other people away isn't focusing on yourself. I agree. And I think it often gets conflated with that. You know, of I like agree. if you want and to that go I've, I've far, be successful. Yeah. You get a lot of that, especially in people talking about success. Like you know, if you're still hanging out with friends too much and you're all this stuff, you know, um, these people are in the way. If you just, you know, isolate yourself to a degree and, and, and work hard, you know, you'll get there. And I always, I don't think that is focusing on yourself. That, um, that's just, all that really is, is pushing people away. Knowing who to push away, that's true. <laughs> Empathy, it's, again, I don't want to generalize the that's sort of something we have to do here. Mm -hmm. Um what I am trying to say, the point I'm trying to make <laughs> I'm proud of you. is that um, honesty is, this is such an obvious point, but when you honesty are anxious. Honesty is the best policy. Policy. But when what you are anxious, way? pretending you're not doesn't solve the problem as much as you might think it does. Yeah. And sometimes just saying, yeah, I, I think feel that's, awful that's something right that a lot now, of people need to hear, actually. I, I, I genuinely, the most help I've ever gotten for myself, even when I'm alone, I will say out loud, I feel awful right now. I feel anxious and terrible. And I will just say that, um, not super loudly if someone is in the distance, but I, I will, you know, or if I'm on the subway or something, just, some but, uh, just, just saying like, I, this is awful for me right now means you can acknowledge that and then yeah. maybe do something about it. But if you keep it in your head, it 
the connections that you make when you say something out loud are really different than when they just float around in your head. And that that's, I think, for me, because anxiety is so in the brain, which then becomes physical, that keeping something else in there when you're anxious is already overcrowded. It's already yeah. overworked. It's just already doing too much. put it somewhere else as much as you can. <laughs> Anything you can put outside of your brain, if you write it down, if you... Right. Oh, that's a nice. Um, yeah, that's a nice thing to leave people with. Terrible poem, a Put good it poem. Else. Just, just as as much as you can get out of your brain, hmm, even if I it's like just that. verbalizing, whatever yeah. is that. I mean, that's helped me. Now, am I still a very anxious person? Incredibly so. I'm not saying it's easy because it isn't. But uh, you do have uh, choices, and you do have things you can do that make it easier. Not better always just easier to deal with and as the beatles say let it be <laughs> i don't know what i always hated how that. they whispered it, that whole song they whispered the whole song didn't they whole song <laughs> you know goose sweet goose we're um coming up on the on the end of our mark here um mm. and i was just kind of checking myself because I, I do that quite often um, and I wanted to share something with our listeners. So I, I would like to, to leave you all with something as we wrap up. Um, I'm currently, drumroll please, not nervous. I'm currently very relaxed um, and very comfortable. And I think a lot of that is because I, I enjoy this podcast. I enjoy talking about these kinds of things. Um, and I, I, uh, I know we're uh, having a good time. And something that I wanted to leave everyone with as we, as we finish up, uh, something that comforts me a lot in my anxiety is that um, everything's temporary. And and that can be scary or it can be comforting. For me, it's comforting. I was nervous before we started this podcast. I always am. I'm always nervous before we jump on a record um, or before anything like this. Um, and in the end, I always feel comfortable and glad that I got through it. So, uh, yeah, something to keep in mind if this helps you, that everything's temporary and, and you can just... Just do what you can. Try and be present. Try and enjoy it um, because it will end. And that's going to be for the better or the worse. Um, but anything that you're going to be anxious about, anything that you're worried about, um, it will come to a close. And odds are you're going to be grateful that you got through it. That's it. Uh, not to be overly optimistic, but uh, that's that's how I feel. I like it. Makes me the warm and fuzzies. Makes me feel good. Right. Anything that you want to I mean, leave our I'm listeners I'm glad with, you're Sean? introducing something I would have a lot to say about right at the end of the podcast. But... <laughs> Um, it's good to have a positive ending regardless of my... Is there anything that you want to, you want to leave people with? Um, no, I think, (laughs) I think I've said, you, you, you know what you want. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah, there you go. And you know what's best for you. No, I don't agree with that. Oh God, not this again. Sometimes you know what's best for you. But sometimes other people have good things to say and it's worth listening to them. I have a that's feeling we're going to keep kind of picking at each other about this thing for I the think next couple okay. of episodes. And I think that's just going to be great. I, I have no problems with that whatsoever. So thank you all uh, for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed hearing us talk about anxiety. I think we definitely had some uh, some different opinions on this. I, I, um, I'm, I'm really surprised by that. And I'm glad that we got to talk a little bit about um, existential anxiety as well as um, just anxiety in the body and touch on some anecdotes and um, get to talk about ourselves a little bit and uh, be open. So if you're anxious right now, cool. 
right. I, don't, I don't know what to do with that, but there you go. <laughs> Hopefully we made you feel a little bit better. we should sign off now, Goose. <laughs> I think we should sign off now as well. Uh, you can follow our podcast Instagram at it will make sense pod. That's at it will make sense pod on Instagram. And uh, give us some suggestions of what you'd like to hear us talk about next. And for now, uh, we will bid you adieu. Bye, Goose. Bye, Goose. Bye, Goose.